This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Alabama Secretary of State John Merrill is calling a claim about an Alabama elections process patently false. Merrill is responding to a story regarding Wes Allen. Allen is running as a Republican to become the next Secretary of State. Recently, Allen vowed to dissolve all contracts between Alabama and a group named ERIC. That stands for Electronic Registration Information Center. For an annual $25,000 fee, the out-of-state organization ERIC will use artificial intelligence to maintain voter registration rolls for 31 states, including Alabama. Allen says that fee is a waste of money and that the money used to create this whole organization is alarming with its ties to the former Obama administration as well as the George Soros Open Society. Merrill denies that Eric has any connections to Soros, saying it was founded by seven states. However, a former lawyer with the U.S. Department of Justice under the Bush administration recently detailed what Eric is up to and how they're able to use the voter information. It depends on how your state set it up. You have a contract with Eric. Eric is so diabolical. You have to, here's the rub, John. When you join Eric, you have to give them your driver's license list. They compare it to your voter list, and your state is obliged to do a, a mailing campaign to unregistered drivers who don't, aren't registered to vote to try to get them registered. So there's a whole bunch of tentacles here that make it difficult to extract your state from Eric because you have obligations. You have to do things other than just let Eric clean your voter rolls. You, that's the whole design, is the left thinks it's a get-out-the-vote campaign paid for by the taxpayers of your state. You, it costs the state a couple million dollars to belong to Eric. And so uh, you would be entangled with Eric based on whatever your legislature did. Now, if you're in a state that just signed up to do Eric that didn't need laws to do it, didn't need authorization, it would be much easier to extract yourself. J. Christian Adams was recently on the John Fredericks Radio Network discussing the role of Eric, claiming the organization has all sorts of freedom to use that voter information as they see fit, and Adams doesn't believe their goal with that information is transparent at all. Yeah, and Eric gets data back. That's the other thing. We don't know where it goes. That's part of the uh, smokescreen, is Eric gets data from the states about who wasn't registered, who they are, who did get registered. That's the other part here. Eric learns who gets registered from the program, right? So they're able to micro-target with who's ever above Eric, and we don't know who that is. We don't know if they're interfacing with Catalyst, which is a big left-wing database. We don't know who they're interfacing with with all the data. And, and that's part of the problem with Eric is it's not even transparent to the board members. I've talked to some of the board members, Secretary of State's, in other states who are on this Eric uh, board, and they don't even know what Eric is doing. They've asked questions, and they can't get answers. The Parents' Choice Act has now been submitted into the Alabama legislative session. State Senator Del Marsh and State Representative Charlotte Meadows are sponsoring the bill. Reaction to the contents of the bill are coming in. One of them in particular comes from the executive director for the Alabama Christian Education Association, Robin Mears. 
Mears spoke with 1890 News about the bill after he read it. Mears was concerned at first that there might be language in the bill that would limit or try to control the actions of private schools in order to be part of this program. But it does also say not required to alter creed, practices, admission policy, tuition fees, hiring policy, or curriculum in order to accept eligible recipients whose parents pay. That's the, that's the clear statement on a non-interference policy by the state for a non-public school that participates in the program. So I, I think that's a good thing. Overall, Mears says that the bill is promising and gives power back to the people and parents. Closing arguments are now completed in the Roy Moore Lee Korfman defamation trial. A jury is now headed to deliberations. The plaintiff and defense attorneys gave their arguments on Tuesday afternoon. Both Korfman and Moore are suing each other for defamation. Korfman says that she was subjected to sexual misconduct by Moore when she was 14 and he was 32. Korfman says that Moore calling her a liar is a form of defamation. Moore says he's never even met Korfman or knows who she is. He's suing for damages in the form of financial compensation. Korfman is not. Korfman's allegations first came out in 2017 during the special Senate race where Moore was running as the Republican candidate against Democrat Doug Jones. Moore ended up losing to Jones because of the fallout caused by those allegations with voters not knowing who to believe and ultimately staying at home. Country music star Lee Greenwood was in northern Alabama to help in a groundbreaking ceremony this week. Greenwood was in Madison County as Staff Sergeant Michael Brown is on his way to receiving a free home. Greenwood partnered with Help a Hero to get this project going. Greenwood made the pledge to help wounded warriors during a concert he'd held last year. Sergeant Brown served in Iraq 15 years ago where he lost part of his leg. He then returned to his wife and baby daughter to learn how to walk again with a prosthetic leg. The home that will be built for Brown will be designed for special needs and will be completed in six months from the time of groundbreaking. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, researchers at John Hopkins University Hospital have released a systematic review of thousands of studies on the effects of lockdowns in the age of COVID-19. The researchers have evaluated the meta-analysis of 18,599 studies on lockdowns in order to reduce mortality rates. The summary of that study declares that lockdown policies are ill-founded and even went on to say that the policies should be rejected as viable instruments to use during a pandemic. The John Hopkins researchers say that lockdowns have had little to no public health effect and have imposed enormous economic and societal cost when implemented. A lockdown definition for this study was determined to be the imposition of at least one compulsory non-pharmaceutical intervention, which translated means the government restricting normal human activity, like closing schools, churches, businesses, and travel. The John Hopkins researchers are ultimately agreeing with the Great Barrington Declaration that occurred in 2020. The Great Barrington Declaration was a group of doctors coming out against lockdowns, except in cases involving the most vulnerable. This declaration sparked the director of the National Institute of Health, Francis Collins, and the director of the NIAID, Anthony Fauci, to start emailing each other on how fast they could shut down and shut up those doctors leading that declaration against lockdowns. The Biden administration is compiling a list of Russian oligarchs to target with sanctions in order to punish Russian President Vladimir Putin should he invade the country of Ukraine. Those being targeted are within the Kremlin inner circle. The sanctions would be economic in nature. Russia continues to deny that they have plans to invade the country of Ukraine, saying it's all about Ukraine, 
not fulfilling their end of the Minsk agreement. The Russian ambassador to the United Nations, Vasily Nebenzia, spoke about that fact while in meetings this week at the UN in New York City. This time, Nebenzia spoke in English without a translator as he answered questions from the media. Unfortunately, our Ukrainian friends are sabotaging most of the things that are to be implemented within these three tracks uh, under various pretexts. So nothing is moving. So, as I said, uh, first of all, everybody says, including my colleagues in the Security Council, there is no military solution because military solution is deadly. Uh, there is a political solution, and the political solution is uh, framed within Minsk agreements that should be implemented. The New York Times is now suing the U.S. State Department for not handing over emails sooner that are related to President Joe Biden's son, Hunter, and his business associate, Tony Bobolinsky. The lawsuit was filed in a Manhattan federal court. The New York Times is seeking emails from 2015 to 2019, and they're doing so through the Freedom of Information Act. The newspaper wants to look into connections between Hunter Biden and special favors performed by the embassy in Romania while Joe Biden was serving as vice president. They're looking into potential violations of federal law for international business known as FARA. Hunter was also hired by a Romanian real estate tycoon, Gabriel Popovicu, during that time in order to help with an influence campaign. Popovicu was ultimately convicted of bribery in 2016. The State Department says they can't get those emails out until 2023. The New York Times is trying to change that delay through the court system. Well, the convoy of truckers in Canada is now spilling over to another border town. Coots, Alberta and Sweetgrass, Montana now have a blockade of hundreds of trucks that are protesting the vaccine passport requirement to move between the U.S. and Canada. The Alberta protest is in support of the massive protest still underway in Ottawa with close to 50,000 trucks. Both U.S. truckers and Canadians are supporting each other in this blockade against government mandates, saying that truckers must be fully vaccinated in order to drive across the border. And a man has been arrested in Virginia for the shooting death of two police officers on the campus of Bridgewater College. 27-year-old Alexander Campbell was apprehended hours after the shooting occurred. The two campus safety officers were well-known among the students. John Painter and J.J. Jefferson were Beth's friends who even attended each other's weddings. They were known as the dynamic duo on the college campus. Bridgewater College has about 1,500 enrolled. You're listening to the Daily Detail from 1819 News. You won't want to miss out on Phil Williams on Right Side Radio as he talks about Alabama redrawing the lines again. So we are literally going at it. State Attorney General Steve Marshall's office, according to an article on AL.com has said that uh, he is challenging this. He has. He's already filed his appeal. He immediately appealed to the three-judge panel who said that they were not going to put a stay on their decision because what happened was freaking three-judge panel came out and said, hey, fix this. You got two weeks. What? It took us us forever to get the data we needed from the Census Bureau. It took forever again for the legislature to draw the lines and then pass them in a special session last fall. It took forever for the courts to review this. It took, the, it took the courts seven days to even have hearings, and they want the lines redrawn in 14 days. Well, Attorney General asked for this to be stayed. You know, please don't enforce this. We've got to move forward. And they said no, so we immediately appealed to the Supreme Court. All right, and that's where we are. Now we're going to the Supreme Court. And we're not going alone. There's a ton of folks jumping in. 
I was gratified to see that 14 states, according to an article on AL.com from yesterday, 14 states have decided to take Alabama's side and, and go to the Supreme Court with us on this. That's big doings, y'all. Well, I will also point out the Alabama Republican Party has filed its own motion in support of the state's position. Story on 1819news.com, uh, one of the newest news sites in the state. I encourage you to check them out, 1819news.com. Alabama Republican Party files a motion in support of the state's position in redistricting. This is a big deal. The Alabama Republican Party weighed in Monday in the battle over congressional redistricting. The motion supports the arguments of the Attorney General. The Republican Party also contends the federal court was in error by testing the new districts using racial benchmarks instead of just traditional districting principles. And the GOP points out that the order came just days before qualifying was set to end. It's unduly disruptive to the election process. Here's the quote that I loved, and I'll end with this. The Alabama GOP has a long history of defending civil liberties and minorities from our days as the party of Lincoln to the civil rights movement. John Wall said, under my leadership, the Alabama Republican Party will continue to fight for free and fair elections for all of the people of Alabama. Folks, here's my question for you. If race was the problem, how can race also be the solution? That's where we are. They're claiming that somehow or another this was racially gerrymandered, and yet we're being told now that the only solution is to consider race in the redrawing of the lines. You can find more of Phil Williams at rightsideradio.org. If you're enjoying the daily detail and want to get those reports directly to your electronic device, be sure to subscribe either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow, and I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values.